What's up, ding dongs? <laughs> I forgot wow. how to intro this In, podcast. Insulting the audience right out of the I, gate. It, it wasn't. It wasn't meant as a as a, a specific insult. I was like a "What's up, bitches?" with love. Yeah, sure. Kind of. With love. With love. No, the the truth of the matter is, uh, we started rolling here, and I just didn't know what to say. Forgot how how a podcast works. Forgot how people speak to one another. Well, you're not gonna like it, but you know what song I'm gonna do a little singing. Okay. You know what song I heard on the way over here? No. I guarantee you it's one that's going to piss you and Brad off really bad. Great. <laughs> it was a skater boy, a Sunday and later boy, and in the good is nothing. Can you put a little, can you put that intro in, in here? Yes. Avril Lavigne's yes. Skater Boy. With and how the, do you the, spell that, English teacher? <laughs> S-K number eight. E-R-B-O-I. <laughs> uh, e- the narrative in that song is outrageous. Outrageous. Well, Do you remember it? Yeah, she's a snobby girl who's dating this skater boy. And then she says, see you later, boy. And, it has um, a country music twist at the end. The, the, the twist is the singer of the song is now dating the skater yeah. boy. And she's just like, I got your cast off, you stuck up bitch. And now, and now my life's great. And he's great. And He's on MTV. That's right. Very so, specific. But you know then who Avril Lavigne, I don't know if she's still married to this person or if they were married. Oh. I know where you're going. Are you going with Nickelback? Chad Kroger of Nickelback, fellow they, Canadian. They pretty were pretty sure they're divorced. Well, I I'm sorry to hear that, but Nickelback. one wonders if the titular skater boy was <laughs> Chad Kroger. Gross. Now he's jamming out on MTV, right? And um, you oh. know, one wonders again if the 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 woman being addressed in that song is like. Yeah, I know. He is on MTV. It's embarrassing. I dodged right. a bullet. Enjoy. And that's a that brings it that does bring a new level to the song because then there is no shame in the young woman who's at home with the kids and didn't choose that tool bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, better, better off in many ways. Oh man. Um, all right. Well, I'm assuming that we're going to either bring Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy back right now, Brad, or maybe it's still playing. I don't know. It's probably still playing. How cruel? How cruel are we? That's the question. I couldn't remember any other lines other than that. Yeah, rocking on MTV. I guess I remember that part. Yeah, That's enough. That's enough. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. All right. It's time for a five-minute fight. Yeah. Roll up your sleeves, bitch, because we're going to get to it right now. Go ahead and start the timer, Brad, because I don't want to have to talk about this one for any longer than necessary. The late, great Jonathan Demme in 1991 made The Silence of the Lambs. Great big hit. That massive, is not a good lead-in for this. Massive. That is, that is, you know, this is a perfect lead-in for this. Here's why. That's cheating. Massive hit. A controversy. Even though The Silence of the Lambs has become regarded as one of the best movies ever made, I think it's one of the best movies ever made. Controversy at the time over the depiction of Buffalo Bill, the antagonist. Brad, are you under the impression that we're fighting over Silence of the Lambs? Because we are not. I'm getting to it. You're wasting time. Um, (laughs) Look, it's talking. Jonathan Demme um, 
was kind of hurt by the criticism that came from the LGBTQ community at that time over the portrayal of The Silence of the Lambs. So his next film, 1993's Philadelphia, which is what we are arguing about today, was made as sort of an, I guess you could say an apology over some of those outdated stereotypes. Demi tried to tell the story of this lawyer who has AIDS and fights back against... um, uh, being unfairly fired by his law firm. Everybody knows Philadelphia. It's a very famous movie that you don't like. Why? Yeah, well, first of all, oh boy, I want to apologize to the queer community. So let me go ahead and make a gay film in which I don't cast any out gay actors, but well, I Well, that's cast... not true. There's, I mean, not in the lead role, but there are a I, ton of like. I, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. I cast we can get Tom Hanks in the, in the lead part A, and I cast Denzel Washington in the lead part B. Yeah. And then Mary Steenburgen. Like, there's just not, there's very little queer representation here. If anything, it's a it's a bit of a, like, oh, here's a little, you know, consolation prize. But casting straight actors, and this is weird. And then, on top of that, there's a, it, it just doesn't, it's, it's notoriously sort of po- politically and medically and legally inaccurate. It doesn't do service to the LGBTQ community, and it's filled with – I understand the purpose, right? The purpose is that you're going to fill this thing with these sort of homophobic interactions to show everybody the way the world works. But that is uh, – look, I, I was alive when this film was made. I saw this film in theaters. Even in Alabama, that's not really how the world worked. Mm. It's, it's odd. And on top of that, you know, you everybody loves Denzel. Nobody's going to dislike Denzel. So when he's in the – when he's in a pharmacy calling somebody a faggot – it it just doesn't it it rings like oh i relate to that dude not like oh what a dick everybody I, mm. and nobody has this kind of turnaround like he does it's just implausible and accurate and and you know he went from what a lot of people consider the buffalo bill character to be offensive i understand that that comment i think it stood the test of time as not being homophobic but you know that's just my take but this is this is this is more homophobic than Silence of the Lambs, in hmm. my opinion. Hmm. Okay. Well, see, aren't you glad I started there? No. Okay. Well, whatever. Um, <laughs> look, it's also. I mean, I can say a bunch of other things about it aside from that. Like, like I'm. That is a card I can certainly play, and I think it's accurate. But um, I understand it's kind of hard to walk back from that accusation, especially when I'm a queer person saying this. But in addition to that, it just is like Hollywood at its worst, hitting shit over the head so so hard with this score that keeps sweeping in. I love the score oh, so it's much. So it's so. <laughs> Color within the lines, Hollywood, typical bullshit. But is that not what was needed to some degree in 1993 when the AIDS crisis had been almost completely disregarded by political leadership, like for a decade? Over a decade, sure, absolutely. I think I think this was coming in what twelve, fourteen years strong. Yeah, at this point, so that we that Hollywood hadn't really, you know, aside from Elizabeth Taylor, Hollywood hadn't really addressed the the AIDS epidemic. Yeah, I mean, I I I, you know when I watch this, I try to put my nineteen ninety three cap on, and the the truth of the matter is, I'm too young to have really understood or or even experienced the the gravity and the severity of the AIDS crisis, like. Sure. That, that just wasn't a thing in rural Mississippi in the circles that I was in when I was in se- seven years old. Sure. Um, so that's, this, this is like – granted, yes, it is big sweeping Hollywoodized advocacy, but considering that you know a, 
a couple years ago, the the president of the United States had been a Hollywood actor who had watched fellow former Hollywood actors he knew and was friends with die of this disease and do nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Philadelphia completely hangs together by 2022 standards, but by 1993 standards, it feels like a tidal wave. It feels like something that I've never seen before. It feels kind of singular. Yeah, I, I don't, it doesn't read that way to me, and it didn't read that way at the time. And I think that there were a lot of queer critics who came out and said the same thing. Yeah, like, I'm, it, I'm sure that's true. In a way, there's another side of that coin, which is, right, we waited for over a decade for you guys to bring it. And what you brought was Tom Hanks is a gay man. It just, it's, you know, strung together with so many homophobic incidents in the film so that the everyman in the audience can be like, I relate to that dude. It feels incredibly safe, actually. Hmm. And, and I think it was incredibly safe. You know, I think this Hollywood's reaction, I, this felt like too little too late to me. And it still reads that way. And on top of it, it's kind of a boring and accurate film. Well, okay. Um I, I feel like I didn't really talk about the movie that much. Uh, a movie well, that go I really ahead. Say I, no, a I, I do I do I do really Let's like it. it. I think the craft of the film is strong. I think that the sentiment of the film and it is a sentimental movie, right? For it sure. ends with saintly Tom Hanks having died, and of course at his memorial they watch you know old home movies as that Neil Young song plays, and like I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Are you wait? Is this four? I, or again? I, you get swept up in it in just like pure cheesy Old Hollywood movie making. Life. It's not that Neil Young song. <laughs> Relax. It's better than that. Um, look, so I don't know. I mean, you've got these two giant movie star performances. You've got one of the best directors of the 80s and 90s in Jonathan Demme. Yeah. Um, you've got, a, I think, a really thoughtful, if kind of traditionally structured courtroom you know thriller screenplay here but the direction and the performances are kind of what set this apart for me i mean i think hanks is kind of great i think this is might be one of his best pure performances um he just and, seems like tom hanks with aids but but you then you have something that is so overwhelmingly Gay Tom strange Hanks. like the scene where he monologues about this opera that he's listening to and Demi cants the the angle of the camera and the the lights turn red and like it gets big and brash and well operatic and Hanks just gives everything to that I mean I, Ooh, I if that says everything I mm, okay all right I mean you know <laughs> We, we've fought Hanks before. I, I, I'm just, you're, you're bringing I'm gonna, some of your anti-Hanks to this. I'm going to refer to that original argument about Tom Hanks. I don't think he's any better in this than mm. than he is in anything else, which is all lands really mediocre. I'm probably not going to win this argument on that, but I might win it on some things I said before. Well, so, um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, let's. And, and Sam is out today. He's so quarantined. you put Brad in the middle of this. I'm putting Brad in the middle of this, but you know. I can take it. Corey can't. So make your decisions. Oh my god. <laughs> uh. Okay. So two things. Number one, I have not seen this movie since the nineties. <laughs> so yeah. I can only go back on my like pre teenager view of what that movie was then. Um, which to me, what I remember, I remember thinking it was cool like not cool 
I think it said something because of the way things were in 1993 that there was a movie with really big actors in it that was trying to portray whether they did it right or not is not my point because I wasn't think I didn't have the way the context to think of it in that way in 1993 because I I was what like 14 I think um but I thought it was a positive thing now in hindsight I totally get it but I also think it's not a good argument to base I don't know 1993 standards and put 2022 standards on it you know what I mean is that fair or am I, I agree, get myself but, in trouble? But I will say that gay critics at the time were outspoken. Totally. And what I'm saying is that I had no... Yeah. Like, I had a couple gay friends, but we weren't talking about the impact of Philadelphia, Philadelphia. and the movie industry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Neither were any of... Uh, neither were me or any of my gay friends either. Right. You know? I mean, I think that's part of it, right? Right. Sure. I think this was for... I think this is intended for maybe moms and dads to get a little soft about gay people. Yes. Yeah, it, for 100%. sure. Did it work? Yeah. I think Then we worked, elect Trump. Cut well, to the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it didn't work in the big picture because nothing seems to ever work yeah, in the big works. picture. But like, I, I do think that it did something. I do think it did something. I think that the casting Tom Hanks, America's sweetheart in that role does something in and of itself. Yeah. I, I, I tend to, I guess agree with that and you know we didn't have if it was 2022 and they were making that movie and they put tom hanks in it you know that's a different that's a completely different conversation yeah you can't do that anymore um but i remember it being a good movie even though i don't know shit about movies however i do think that i don't know that if i went back and watched it there's something that tells me that i'd go oh okay uh, this wasn't that great of a movie, yeah, but it just, was something new for its time. Just right? go check out a scene or two, yeah. and you'll, so you'll be I'm, on the same page. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna give you both five hundred thousand points. <laughs> okay, but okay. then I'm gonna give Rachel an extra fifty thousand points. I just, I just want to say, so I Rachel watched wins. it. I yeah. watched it for the first time like in March. So oh, really, and you, yeah. And you still like? I, it. I, I, I thought it was Shocker. like really interesting, really well done. That kind of makes me want to go back and watch. I it. don't know. I mean, Redux. you know, you're you're coming, you're <laughs> right. coming with, you're coming to it with, you know, the weight of memory and that sort right. of nostalgic or semi nostalgic attachment. I don't know how nostalgic you can be about Philadelphia, no. but like, right. But but you you're coming to it for, with with a lot more context than than even i had i mean i had like the i know who jonathan demi is i've read a bunch of stuff about this movie i know it roughly its place in cinematic history and i know that it's depending on who you talk to it can be and thought of as antiquated or thought of as still kind of effective and looks like we didn't settle the the, the fight i'm gonna say something else controversial though it's one of my least favorite bruce springsteen songs oh i love that the streets of philadelphia song that's a good song. i I don't Mm. think so do you like but do you like him at all i love the boss you do oh yes really i'm Mm. a big springsteen fan Mm. like uh so like nebraska springsteen or east street bands uh i mean i i will confess that yeah i mean the the hit i like the hits i really do i mean i like all of it um, some of it gets a little tedious for me, but like I do yeah. think that what Born in the USA is, um, you know, wow. I mean, one. I, I mean, I think like I'm on fire or um, da- Dancing in the Dark are are two of the greatest pop songs ever written. Wow, you never cease to surprise me. I love it. Yeah, I never why you, you disagree? I, 
No, I, I mean, especially those last two songs that you named are yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. But I didn't ever expect you to be a Springsteen yeah. fan. No, and I mean, I was listening in the car recently. We were we had a CD player in this in this loaner car we had, and so we grabbed a couple CDs, and and um, I grabbed Bruce Springsteen. It's born in the USA, right? That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the album. Um, and put that on, and my you know my girlfriend, much younger than me, hasn't really spent a whole lot of time listening to Springsteen. And when when after I'm on Fire was over, she was like, "That's a fucking incredible song." I was like, "Yes, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly." And it's one of those ones that I feel like got got played out in the '80s, and mm-hmm. then it kind of got put away, and then it, you know when you dust it, it's kind of had a comeback in the last decade or so. And when you dust that thing off and listen to it again, you're like, "Holy Still shit, holds up, man!" That is a, sure. a fucking amazing song and an amazing video too. Yeah. Well, so, I like anyway. Philadelphia, but the, the song, but Streets of Philadelphia. Yeah. But whatever. I, I said it was controversial. I, I don't love it, but yeah. I got you. Anyway, no one wins. <laughs> when Tom Hanks plays a gay man, y'all, no one wins. Man. And now, fast film terms. Boy, that was fast. It just shot right out of the room. Let's catch it. Go uh, get uh, it, Corey. Uh, 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 uh. Clip, All right. Clip, clip, clip. You found okay. it. I got, Here we go. Ooh, got it. Um, do you know what a cove is? A cove is when a little inlet of in the, in in the shore where where you beat dolphins in the head. That's, that's what I was <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way to say. It. God damn it! Oh, guess what's not funny? What uh, I just fucking I know. said. Oh, but I I just love that both of our minds went to that <laughs> horrifying documentary about God. dolphin slaughter. The it's cove. So terrible. Well, anyway, in addition to it being a really effective advocacy film that I don't tend to back up advocacy films. Really but great damn, movie, actually. I mean, it, it should be known what happens, and it's terrible and cruel. Um, but in addition to that, there is a there is a term cove, and that is when you um, tent a window or doorway on the set of a film to okay. make it appear as if it is night when it is really day. So this yeah. is a, this is a um, you know night for day kind of effect that you yeah. you kind of cove or cave up even though the term is cove cave up a space to make it appear as night okay yeah and then i've got another one for you all right um parallels parallels um ugh. don't get geometry on me it's boring couldn't um i mean i'm i'm familiar with the concept of two things being parallel yeah. to one another so i assume this has something to do with that i mean when you picture it you can kind of see why it's called this but it's a portable scaffolding designed for use as an elevated platform. You know, sometimes you'll see this on set where yeah. in order to raise a camera up, they've got like a little scaffolding platform and yeah. sometimes you'll see lighting equipment on it. So it can be used for any number of things, but you'll often see either a camera or lighting equipment or both on these little folding portable uh, scaffolding. A, a and, flat surface that is parallel to the floor. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Or, you know, Whatever. I think you have multiple of them too. It tends gotcha. to be the case. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're designed to be assembled and disassembled and to fold for easy storage sure. and transportation. And yeah, but they look a lot like that scaffolding that, you know, we both lived on the same street for a while. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, when, right when I walked out my door to the right, there was scaffolding up for like two years. Is it down now? <laughs> it's been down, but it was miserable, miserable. So yeah, yeah it, it looks just like the typical scaffolding you'll see on a sidewalk. And those are your fast film terms for this episode. Foo! Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks. It's a podcast where your own personal cinematic Barbie and Ken 
had to do it. Are are you as excited as I am for Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie? I'm which re- I'm really not. Uh, I'm really, really not. I don't know. Um, but at those the image of the images from the film, of course, are all over the place right now. By the time you're listening to us, they may already be passe. But man, oh man, people are going nuts at this moment over those little pretty boy images of Ryan Gosling in his little pink getup. And he seems very pretty. I I'll be Ken. You can be Barbie. Okay. I think that's apropos. I, I can I can do so many things. I I mean I assume you're 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 not even able to contain yourself over the excitement for this damn film. I'm really looking forward to it. Is that yes. Margot Robbie? Margot Robbie, uh, and Ryan Gosling, and a whole bunch of other fun actors in this thing—a big ensemble cast. So, I, is this going to be a feminist take? I assume if, if Gerwig is at the helm, that at least she's going to pretend like she's the feminist that she claims directed to be. it, co-wrote it with uh, old Noah Baumbach. So we'll see if it has some of his satirical edge and her sort of—I don't know. Fun, fun, uh, postmodern feminist take. Yeah, we'll It'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, anyway. Yeah, anyway. Uh, thanks to Beltwell Studios. You can hear the excitement about this in my voice. <laughs> uh, thanks to Beltwell Studios. Thanks to Revelator Coffee, our sponsor. Delicious coffee from Revelator. Visit us online, SidewalkFest.com, or check us out on social media at SidewalkFilm, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Listen, I don't know exactly when we're going to be announcing the first titles for the Sidewalk Film Festival. But by the time you hear this, it may be out there already. So if you're not following us on social media yet, you're going to want to do that. You're going to want to check it out because we're real close. It's coming soon. The first round, not the whole lineup. You're going to have to wait a little longer for that. But uh, Handful of titles coming coming at you soon, if not already by the time you listen to this. Yeah, they may already be out there. So um, take a look for those and get your passes to the 24th Annual Sidewalk Film Festival. Go ahead and do that right now. Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.